On today's edition of Awaken to Grace, we're in part two of a great sermon called God Meant It for Good. And I know that as you listen to the conclusion of Joseph's life, you can look back over your own life, and I think, like me, you'll find the storyline is very similar. Everything that God allows, He ultimately works it for our good and for His glory. I hope you enjoy today's broadcast, part two of the sermon, God Meant It for Good. Because when we start getting comfortable, odds are we're not following Christ the way we ought to be. Would you agree with that? So, are you comfortable? Are you you in that, uh, is God calling you out of familiarity into the place that's unfamiliar? Are you too comfortable? Listen, the Lord told me something one time concerning the church. We had just started, we had just started, well, I, I say just started. We are probably a couple years into it. And, um, and let me tell you, we had nothing when we started. So many of you, you've come to the church in the last several years, but yeah, let me tell you, <laughs> we had less than nothing. I went to buy offering plates at Lifeway, and we could not afford offering plates. Are you with me? they were $56 an offering plate. I don't know why I couldn't think we could just buy one. I thought you had to have four. I don't know what I was thinking, but every church I'd ever been in always had at least four, if not more than that. And 56 a pop, and we couldn't even afford that. We didn't have any musicians. We didn't have any sound. We didn't have, we had nothing. We had nothing when we started, and no money and no financial backing and and so, you know, we start and the Lord helps us and God is, God is, he, and he, he truly helps us. I mean, God just, it's like he put us in a little incubator and just said, okay, you're going to grow. <laughs> and the Lord helped us. Well, a couple of years passed and one day I'm praying for his finances and I'm asking the Lord to help us financially. And the Lord tells me something that I'll never, I, I've never forgotten all these years. I've never forgotten. And now today, the Lord has blessed us greatly. We're able to do some significant ministry, some significant missions, significant outreach. And God has blessed us and given us the ability to do it. Well, listen to what God told me. God said, I was praying for finances. And God said, just clear as a bell in my heart. He said, you'll never have enough money, Chad. Oh, that struck me. I'm talking about being comfortable. I'm talking about familiarity. The Lord said, you'll never have enough money. You'll never have enough. Well, that bothered me because, uh, you know, I've grown up, uh, you know, being told God's more than enough. God's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. What do you mean, God? We're never going to have enough. That don't make sense. The Bible says, I'll meet your needs according to the riches and glory by Christ. And I'm sitting here telling the Lord that scripture and saying, that, no, you said you'll meet all my needs, but you're telling me I'll never have enough. I don't understand. And the Lord let me just sit on it for a while. 
You ever, you ever, sometimes God just likes you to, I don't think God likes it when we're like microwaves. He likes it when we're like crock pots. Just simmer. Just sit and just simmer and just wait on the Lord. And then the Lord told me what he meant. The Lord said, about two weeks later, the Lord said, if you ever have enough money as a church, if you ever have enough money, you've stopped doing what I've called you to do because you should always be reaching for the next level, the next step. Don't ever get comfortable because you know what happens when we get comfortable? We get complacent, complacent, and the gospel cannot get complacent. Amen? And so as a church, we'll ask these questions. As a church, we'll ask the question, are we comfortable? Are we, are we too comfortable? Or are we trusting God and reaching out and exercising our faith for what is next? Are you willing to leave what's familiar for what's unfamiliar? So they make their trek down to Egypt. In chapter 47, Jacob meets his father after more than 20 years separation. Can you imagine that reunion? The Bible says that that Joseph fell on the neck of Jacob and Jacob fell on the neck of Joseph and they wept for a long time. Could you imagine seeing that in person? What a reunion. What a reunion that must have been. Friends, many of us are going to have great reunions one day when we reach heaven. I went and picked up a pastor friend of mine from Uganda some years ago at the Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C. His flight got significantly delayed, and where it was an international uh, uh, port, I had to sit there for two, three hours waiting on my brother. But it was such a joy because I watched all these families when they would enter out of customs and come through the security gate and their loved ones were waiting. I watched many great reunions that day and I thought, oh, what is heaven gonna be? And they wept for a long time. Well, now we're gonna come to the part where Joseph's brothers, their, their nature is going to begin to revert back. He, he takes his brothers and he takes his father to Goshen, which was the best of the land of Egypt. And he takes them before Pharaoh. The dialogue between Jacob and Pharaoh is very interesting, and you should read it on your own, and it's quite fascinating. Jacob actually blesses Pharaoh twice. But then when he takes his brothers before Pharaoh... They mess it up. He takes five of his 11 brothers before Pharaoh, and he tells them, he preps them. He says, when Pharaoh asks you what you do for a living, you are to say, we take care of herds. You're not to say shepherds, because the occupation of a shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. You're to say, we care for herds, not shepherd. I'm sure he went over it many times with them. Well, these five knuckleheads get in front of Pharaoh. And no doubt, these are country boys. And no doubt, they're nervous, right, being in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, 
What is your occupation? And guess what those knuckleheads say? We're shepherds. I bet Joseph went, oh. <laughs> but they're going to disappoint Joseph in a much greater way. Jacob ends up spending chapter 48. Jacob spends 17 years in the land of Egypt. He's now 100 47 years old. How many of you feel like you're 147 years old? He's 147. And the time to pass is drawing near. Well, you remember what the Lord told? Remember what the Lord told Jacob? Joseph is going to close your eyes. Listen, that's a word of comfort. You know, many of you know my father passed away to be three years this January. Do you know what the Lord told me when my dad passed? Psalm 116, verse 15. Precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. And the Lord told me, Chad, if your dad's death is precious in my eyes, it will become precious in your eyes. And it has, amen? Now I can say, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know what the Bible says when Jacob died? That he was gathered to his people. One day, when you and I breathe our last, those of you who are born again and we're God's people, we're going to be gathered to our people. Amen? And what a day that will be. But the time drew near for Jacob, that appointed time. And he blesses his children, he blesses his sons, he blesses even Manasseh and Ephraim, the sons of Joseph. And Jacob passes. Well, the Bible goes into great detail in chapters 48 and 49. It tells all the burial of, jo of Jacob and how extensive it is. But listen to what the brothers did. And you can understand this. The brothers feared that Jacob's forgiveness was fake, that it was a front for their father. But once the old patriarch is dead, will Joseph take out revenge? And do you know what his brothers did? Once again, they, cons they, they conspired. Once again, they lied. Once again, they deceived. They sent word to Joseph and said, Our father has asked upon his death, that you forgive our transgressions. Now, you want to see what kind of man that Joseph really and truly was? You know what the Bible records that he did? The Bible says he wept and he called for them. It broke his heart. And when he brought his brothers before him, now, think about this. He has shown them great grace. He's not only given them grace, he's giving them daily provisions for their entire families. He's done nothing but lavish grace upon them. And now they're lying again? And now they're deceiving again? How long would it take you to boot them out? How long would it, I mean, would that not just resurface all those old feelings of their conspiring against you? Would you trust them again? No, Joseph was greater than that. 
Joseph brought his brothers in and he brought them close to him. And, and listen, listen to what the difference. Do you remember when his brothers stood before him the first time in Genesis 40? Do you remember how he treated his brothers? He recognized them. They didn't recognize him. And the Bible says he spoke harshly to them. You remember that? Do you see what he says in chapter 50 verses 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Do you see what Joseph, it says, he spoke kindly to them. Praise God. Here's my point today, church. The people that you forgive, they don't always stay forgiven. Can you stay in a place of grace? Can you lavish grace upon them? That even when they revert back to how they were, you still assure them of your grace for them and God's grace for them? Or do you just write them off? Because that's what many of us would do. But no, he didn't do that. So this is where I close today. This is what I want you to really go home with today. If you and I are to stay people of God that always extend grace, always give forgiveness, how do we stay in that place? There's only one way to do it. There's only one way. And it's chapter 50, verse 20. Look at what Joseph tells his brothers. You meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. Amen. Do you know what Joseph had the ability to do? He looked past his brothers. He looked past their humanity. He looked past their deceit, past their sinfulness, and Joseph looked directly to the sovereign hand of God. Do you have that ability in your life? Are you looking to God's sovereignty? Because the fact is, and and I'm going to tell you something, and those of you who you've experienced significant hurt, I want you to hear me because this will change your life. And you may not believe me at first, but believe the word of God. No person can ruin your life. No person can. You say, Chad, I was abused. I was molested. I was neglected. I was used. I was walked out on. I'm not, I'm not pretending to understand that. Here's what I'm telling you. Because God has the ability to bless you in spite of everyone. No one can ruin your life. His brothers didn't ruin Joseph's life. Mrs. Potiphar didn't ruin Joseph's life. The cup bearer didn't ruin Joseph's life. In spite of every one of those wicked, evil people, God blessed him in spite of every single one of them. Amen? And God will do the same in you. When Jacob blessed his sons in chapter 49. Do you know what Jacob said of Joseph? Oh, hear me right now. Hear me, hear me, hear me. You know what Jacob says of Joseph? He shall be a fruitful vine. 
extending, growing over the city walls. Do you know why, my friends? Because he forgave. The same will be true of your life. God will make you a fruitful vine. You know how I know that? John chapter 15. God will bear fruit out of your life. Fruit will abound and fruit will abound. And it won't just be normal fruit. It'll be eternal fruit. Fruit that remains. Fruit that will be eternal. And God will do it in your life. If you forgive. The story of Joseph is a story of forgiveness because Joseph is a type of Christ. And what God wants to do in you, hear me, hear me. What God wants to do in you, he wants to do through you. And if you have tasted and experienced the rich forgiveness of Jesus in here, you should be extending it here. That's what Joseph did. And that's what you can do by the power of God. Now you say, Chad, I've done that and it came back and it bit me. Well, it bit Joseph too. (laughs) Say, Chad, it came back and it I don't know if I could do it again. Friends, Joseph did it again. And you know how? He saw the sovereign hand of God in his life. Do you see God's sovereignty in yours? You will if you look. We've entitled this series Providence. Because in every twist, in every turn, in every chapter, it's the providence of God. And I know no greater theme of God's providence than chapter 50, verse 20. You meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. Amen? Now, last thing I'll say to you. Joseph was 17 when he was sold into slavery. He was 30 when he became prime minister. At the age of 30... He could, exact, he, he could exercise any revenge that he wanted. But no, he forgave. And listen, Joseph lived another 80 years. At the end of the chapter, at the end of the book of Genesis, Joseph dies at age 110. And listen, yes, he had 17, 20 years of hardship. But the next 80 were extraordinarily blessed. The next rest of your life will be blessed of the Lord. You'll be a fruitful vine if you truly learn how to forgive. Let's bow our heads today. God, I thank you for the story of Joseph. It's it's changed my life. It really has. I've learned your desire to make me into a godly man just as you did Joseph. I've learned how to seat people at the table of grace just as Joseph did his brothers. I've learned how to continue extending grace even when people let me down and even when it comes back to bite me as it did Joseph. How do we do all this? 
we recognize your sovereignty in our lives. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, perhaps you weren't here last week and you didn't hear a lot about the forgiveness part. Maybe there's someone in your life right now today you need to forgive. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe there's someone that you've been harboring and you've been You've let a root of bitterness grow so deep inside you, only Christ can sever it. Let him do that today. If you need to come to the altar, you can pray today. If you want to pray there at your seat or kneel at your seat, whatever you need to do. But don't close this series on Joseph and hold a grudge. Don't close this series on Joseph and keep resentment. It's not worth it, my friend. It's not worth it. You've heard the old saying, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping it affects the other person. It won't. Forgive. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and some are choosing right now, are they gonna forgive? Are they gonna let go? Let me tell you the one of the most incredible transformations I've ever seen. A young family began attending the church a few years ago, and they still go here. As a matter of fact, they very well may be here this morning because they come weekly, and they're probably here this morning. I won't certainly would never say their name, but, but let me tell you, this young man came to me, and he said, Chad, I, I'm feeling like the Lord wants me to forgive my dad, and, and he shared a little bit about his dad and his past, and all this and that. And he asked me, he said, do you really think I have to forgive him? Even if he didn't deserve it, do you think I have to? I said, brother, you have to. You have to. You have to. And God will give you grace to do it. Well, we left that day and he come back the next week and we sat down back in the office together and uh, <laughs> he said, Chad, he said, uh, I did it. I forgave my dad. I said, praise God. Amen. Oh, it's such victory. Hallelujah. I said, how did your dad respond? Do you know what the brother didn't tell me? He said, my dad died a few years ago. He said, I went to his grave and I forgave him at his grave. <sighs> Hallelujah. What victory. Amen. I don't care if the person is deceased. Forgive it and move on in the grace that is yours in Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this series. We thank you for the life of Joseph. We thank you for every principle, everything we've learned. We thank you for the ugly side of Jacob that may perhaps help us avoid disaster, may help us, <coughs> may prevent enormous parenting mistakes. Thank you, God, that you recorded it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, for our benefit. Let us take it to heart. Let it change our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all you've done in this series. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awaken to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakentograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awaken to Grace.